Happy Memorial Day weekend. Sloney here, News Radio 700 WLW. So um, you may see, if you see me around drive by driving my, uh, it's a 13-year-old truck. And uh, right now, currently, it's dented from the sides. At one point, I kind of scuffed it with a bobcat because it is a work truck. The back of the bed is all scratched out. There's dents on the other side, dents on the fenders. The trailer hitch is well-worn from hauling everything from said backhoes to other tools, other uh, rental things. Uh, in addition to that, the uh, rear left window, so the, uh, the driver's side window in the back of my pickup truck has been blown out for about a month. Uh, as I was hauling some stuff to get recycled, a uh, water heater fell and hit it just the right way, broke the window. Yes, a, uh, it, it, it's something often contractors have be- broken back windows. So my truck is definitely a work truck. It's got a hundred and bleep thousand miles on it, and I love it. And at some point, I'm thinking, well, maybe I want to get a car just to kind of have drive around because this thing's been paid off for years, getting the point of my life. I'm like, I may, I may want something else. So I kind of look, and I, I don't know what I want to do that way, and I'll probably never pull the trigger because I'm cheap. But my son, who's 25, goes, Dad, you know you ought to get a Tesla. I'm like, well, those things cost like $200,000. He goes, no, no, the prices come down. And, and he shows me the website I started looking at, and I kind of knew about them, but I didn't really know about them. And it's an amazing thing because these cars largely are self-driving. Uh, you, the Tesla will, and I think, it's a, I think it's an option at this point, but you get on the highway and uh, it will drive exit to exit. You put it on the highway, it'll, drive. It'll, it'll change lanes, it'll automatically drive. If you think that driverless cars are going to be in the future, in the near future, guess what? You're wrong. They're already here. Now, UPS, the, uh, I'm sorry, the USPS, the United States Postal Service, is now moving into long-haul trucking involving driverless trucks. So in a limited trial, they're running five round-trip routes on interstate highways between Dallas and Phoenix. That's something that uh, truck drivers know about. If you see the mail trucks, they'll run them from Detroit to Cincinnati or Columbus to Cincinnati. And you've got all these little routes, and it's, it's largely the same route every day, day after day after day instead of having a person do that, a computer can do that. The National Transportation Safety Board uh, has determined that, uh, and this just came in, speaking of driverless cars and Tesla, that the autopilot system on that car was engaged during a fatal accident in March involving a Model 3 Tesla. And so we're starting to see, certainly, uh, moving towards more autonomous cars. I see more Teslas on the road, maybe because I was just looking at the website, but it seems like there's a lot more of these things out there. We're now having driverless trucks out on the roads too as well. And there's accidents that are happening. So the question is, how does that work with the law? Joining me on 700 WLW is uh, Quentin Brogdon. He is a, a personal injury attorney. Uh, he's also a former prosecutor and an expert civil litigator. This is, his, this is right in the wheelhouse here. Civil litigation on self-driving vehicles. Quentin is on the AcuteHearingCenters.com hotline. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, Scott. How are you? I, I'm doing fine. I tried to lay out as best I can the fact that uh, the the... Autonomous car, the self-driving vehicle, something that's been talked about probably since cars were invented, uh, is not a thing of the future. It's a thing of the now. Uh, As I mentioned, the Tesla, you get a Tesla now that can drive on the highway. They say within the next year or two, uh, they're going to have the software updates for their cars, which are done on Wi-Fi. You don't have to take them into a dealership. It just automatically does it. Uh, It's going to be able to drive on city streets. They have cars now in the app. As you press a button and the car will find you, it'll pull out of the parking spot and drive to where you are. Uh, The car comes to you. You don't have to come to the car anymore. That's about as self-driving as you can get, I would say, at this point, right? Well, I mean, that's the promise of it. And and when they work, they work 
Well, and, and but when they fail, they fail spectacularly, and people die. And, and there have been some, you know, widely notorious Tesla crashes, for instance, including the one you referenced mm-hmm. just in March of this year, involving a man named Jeremy Banner in Florida, where his Tesla went up under the bottom of a trailer, tractor trailer, the trailer part of the tractor trailer that was turning in front of him, and the Tesla did not break and did not. Wow. Uh, maneuver him away from it and apparently the system failed there you know tesla when one of those crashes happens blames the driver and says well it was beeping at the driver in the seconds before the crash to put his hands back on the wheel Mm -hmm. but the problem is when you call as tesla does something autopilot it sure makes it sound like the car can drive itself and and the question is whether designers of these systems tesla and others are up to the challenge of keeping these human drivers vigilant and engaged. Right. Drivers that who may still and still do actually have the responsibility in certain circumstances to put their hands back on the steering wheel. One of those crashes happens, blames the driver and says, well, it was beeping at the driver in the seconds before the crash to put his hands back on the wheel. Mm-hmm. But the problem is when you call as Tesla does something autopilot, it sure makes it sound like the car can drive itself. And and the question is whether designers of these systems, Tesla and others, are up to the challenge of keeping these human drivers vigilant and engaged. Right. Drivers that who may still and still do actually have the responsibility in certain circumstances to put their hands back on the steering wheels, to actually apply brakes and drive the car in the traditional way. And if they don't, they could die if the system Right. And I think that's everyone's greatest fear, especially if you're older. It's like, I I, I can't trust this machine. I don't know what this machine's going to do. I remember as a little, little kid, my grandmother, it's along the same lines of technology as the the Mr. Coffee was was like a new thing. Um, You know, percolating used to put the, I guess, the I don't know even how to do it, but you put the uh, coffee in the coffee pot, you put water in, you put it on the stove, it bubbles up and then it will cap and then you know it's done. Then the Mr. Coffee came along and you pour the coffee in the thing and it's, you know, it's a coffee maker we all know. And my grandmother got one for Christmas and, and she refused the thing because she didn't know how where she was. She thought it was this mystery machine. She'd unplug it every night. She was scared of it, uh, even though it's something we take, for example. So I, I guess now uh, the way to look at it is we're at that age right now. We're looking at this going, wow, this new technology, I don't trust it. And of course, there's going to be accidents and problems. That's what's going to cause them to develop better software and, and the system's going to get better. But unfortunately, there's going to be all sorts of cases like this between now and then, right? That's right. And, and the ethical issue is this. Some people are going to die, and in fact, mm-hmm. most definitely already have died during this testing phase and you know debugging phase, if right. you will, right. who would not otherwise die. But proponents of these systems, and I think rightly point out, more than 90% of all automobile crashes are caused by human error. And if we can get that out of the equation, then presumably in the future, we're going to have safer driving, not more dangerous. But in the short term, it's actually, I would argue, more dangerous because these systems are partially autonomous. The drivers still have responsibilities uh, to stay engaged, and they can be lulled into you know, a, a sense of complacency. Yeah, and that's the thing. You, know, I look at the Tesla and go, it is a, it's an incredible, incredible vehicle. Uh, in that, it's a steering wheel 
with a couple of, uh, I think, just controls, unlabeled controls on the wheel itself. Uh, and then it has a 17-inch, what looks like a tablet, next to the steering wheel. And that's the only thing up there. Everything is run through the tablet. And, you know, the car will, uh, like I said, it'll find you in a parking lot. It'll drive autonomously on the highways. It'll change lanes. If someone cuts in front of you, um, it'll engage and, and prevent an accident. And they say in the next 10 years, it's going to be twice as good as any human driving on the road. But, but you know, we're, not, we're, we're still 10 years away from that. Right now, as you said, we're in the debugging phase. Um, that is part of the problem as well. So h- how does the legal world and their responsibility to Tesla or Waymo or whatever the self-driving company is, uh, Quentin Brogdon, um, legally, how, how do we get to that point where the technology gets better without killing people in the here and now? Well, uh, legally, you know, there's, there's a debate raging right now about whether our current system of regulation and tort law. Tort law is the mainly state law system mm-hmm. that holds wrongdoers accountable when people are injured and killed you know, financially. Whether that existing system needs to be scrapped or majorly overhauled, and I and others believe it does not. Our current system has adapted to new technologies, including the airplane was new once upon a time, the automobile was new once upon a time, and our system has always adapted and it will continue to adapt. And what we should also not do is give these companies blanket immunity because if profit is the only motive, Mm -hmm. then the companies are going to be racing to the forefront to be the first in line to introduce new features and new technologies. And perhaps, unfortunately, we know from painful past experience, perhaps not place enough attention on safety. So there has to be legal accountability when one of these things crashes and we have to keep one eye on safety, even as we roll out and perfect these. And so, for instance, you talked about the U.S. Postal Service trial run with these 18-wheelers. I, for one, have concern. I mean, it's one thing when a Tesla driver crashes and kills himself right, right. or maybe one other person, but an 18-wheeler has the potential to do you know, exponentially sure. more damage and carnage if it crashes. Yeah, that's a different story. Uh, a car a car accident is serious usually for the person behind the wheel or in the passenger car seat um, and, and maybe for the person that they hit. But now you're talking about 18-wheeler. You're talking about 18-wheeler full of, of letters and largely junk mail uh, run by the United States Postal Service, which is a, a quasi-governmental agency. And so there's a liability issue with them when it comes to a, a, a quasi-governmental agency. And so... Uh, now putting uh, that technology in a truck, are, are we ready for that, or will we ever be ready for that? Well, you know, these things have to be tested. And, you know, it's one thing if you're beta testing a cell phone and it crashes, maybe you lose access to the phone or you lose data. Mm-hmm. But if you're beta testing an 18-wheeler and it crashes, then people will die. So there will be human drivers in this U.S. Postal Service two-week test run who, in theory, will be ready and willing and able to take control, if necessary, of the steering wheel or apply the brakes. But, for instance, there was a widely reported Uber crash where a self-driving Uber car ran into a woman who was walking her bicycle across the front of the path. And although there was a human driver in the Uber, the human driver was looking down at her phone Mm. for protracted periods of time in the minutes and seconds leading up to the crash because she was watching a TV show. She had been lulled into a false sense of security. 
Right, that, and that's the scary part about it. However, Quentin, on the other side of the thing, Quentin Brogdon is on. He's an attorney, uh, and he is an expert at civil litigation uh, on self-driving vehicles. As the Postal Service says, they're going to start using autonomous long-haul trucks because if you look at how mail is transported in the United States, it's all truck-bound, right? And so you have routes that run from city to city bringing the, the mail down to be dispersed through the local post offices, right, uh, in the branch offices. And uh, that has moved largely on trucks. They're saying we can save a lot of money because we lost something like $4 billion last year uh, when it comes to these routes, eventually uh, transforming them into computer-driven cars. We have them with Teslas now. Waymo is doing it. Passenger cars are, are actually largely self-driving um, uh, right now. And I want to move trucks in this area, too, as well. It's incredible technology in the times in which we live. I'd say the other element to this, though, is the human error element. It is um, We're going to get to the point if, if we're not there already, we're going to get to the point where these computers do a better job than human beings do. Uh, you know, we always have liability issues. Quentin, you've been a, a prosecutor and also a, uh, a civil attorney for quite some time in PI cases. And, and there's probably countless cases you had where someone was doing something behind the wheel or they were inattentive or whatever it was. And the, the human distraction caused the accident or the fatal accident. Uh, that, that's going to happen a lot less with self-driving cars. There's no question that we will get to the point where most, or at least many of the bugs are gone, and eliminating human error, you know, a computer doesn't get high on cocaine, a computer yeah. doesn't get fatigued, mm -hmm. you know, those are kind of the kinds of things that certainly can cause 18-wheeler and other crashes. So, yes, you, you raise a very fair point, Scott, that we're, you know, you're going to take human error out of the equation and we're going to get benefits from this new technology no question uh and but but right now we're at that point before we get to the benefits of self-driving computers it's the pain of all these accidents and fatal accidents involving it and so um that that's that's the point in which we live right now quentin brogdon thanks again for the time and the insightful stuff appreciate it have a great holiday you too scott thanks for having me on yeah.